0: Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one on one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. This is episode 43, 2023. In Australia, domestic and family violence is disturbingly common. It is one of the main drivers of homelessness among women, children, and men. One in six women have experienced physical or sexual violence by a current or former partner, while for men, it is one in 16. Set in 1990s regional Victoria, the fort tells the story of one woman's battle to escape her abusive marriage while attempting to shelter her son from the grim realities of family violence. This is an engaging, emotional, and I would say an important film that highlights a dark issue in our society that is both disturbing and grossly quite common. The team behind the fort are none other than... The former co-host of Selling Houses Australia, winner of Celebrity Apprentice Australia, judge on the block, interior designer, publisher, business owner and ambassador. The gorgeous Shana Blaze and her two children, co-director and editor Carly Keneally and co-director and writer Jess Keneally, whom we met on the wonderful series Country Home Rescue. It's a family affair. Shana, Carly and Jess are all here. Hello, family, and thank you for joining me at TV Central.
1: Thank how you, we hey. doing? Thank you so much for right. having us. I That's mean, a... we could like Carly and I could have tried to send you a few more things to increase our bio. I don't think it still would have met mums, but uh, <laughs> it was funny you were going, and I'm like, I wonder how we're gonna sneak in here. But I think you did <laughs> yeah. well. Thank
0: you. All right, I've got a question there about your backgrounds. So we we'll want to hear about what you guys are up to. But no one beats Shana with a, you know, resume. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Um look you guys have a uh, such a distinguished successful and busy careers as just mentioned um are you still able to be together on a on a regular basis or does it take a TV central podcast to get uh, that time in
2: <laughs> We are so close it's ridiculous <laughs> but actually at the moment I'm in Sydney um, just for a couple of weeks and then everyone's in Melbourne. But, no, we are very lucky. We get to hang out all the time.
1: <laughs> and and really more so
2: work
1: since, and, fun. Yeah, more, and more so since we made the film together as well. I think it's been something that, uh, look, we were all, always, the three of us really loved family, having family together. But, yeah, making the film together, having that experience sort of drew us us even closer again. And, uh, yeah, sometimes a little too much time, but uh, I think that's a very good problem to have.
2: I was going to say, it's really interesting. Like, I do feel like Jess and I are very different. We've always talked about how different we are. But, like, the one thing we really had in common was, like, film and television and story, and that's what brought us together is, like, making this film, and it's completely changed the dynamic of our relationship as like brother and sister. And it's just, yeah, it's been incredible. It's
0: really cool. All right. Um, Let's uh, jump into this film because it is such a powerful film. Um, Who would like to set the scene and tell us about the premise of the film?
1: I think Jess, the storyteller. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, sort of where we we start with the film is it it sort of starts in 1990, a mother... Kitty uh, is is looking after and protecting her son, and she, she's in a, an abusive relationship with her husband Graham, and she wants to create a safe safe space for her her boy, who she notices it's really affecting him. And by building a little fort or tent in his room, uh, she gives him a, a really safe space for him to escape into different realities and and try and help them both grow and, and escape the abusive relationship. It's, yeah, a, a story of uh, mother and son and and the how domestic violence really and family violence impacts everybody surrounding the relationship.
0: I guess a, a movie so powerful and heartfelt uh, can't be made without passion behind it. What was the inspiration to making this film and and also what, why does this story need to be told?
3: Well, it, it came from um, like I was the MC for um, Safe Steps Candlelight Vigil, and Carling just were talking about doing a movie of some description. They were looking at doing something that was um, about women for women. They were looking at grants. They were looking at doing a short movie, and. We, we had touched on the fantasy world with Jess because he loves that sort of environment. And we were looking at the main topics at the time was family and domestic violence. So by me being MC at Safe Steps, Candlelight Vigil, um, It was so confronting because Jess and his partner Emma came at the time and it's the roll call at the end where they have the roll call of all the women and children that have been murdered by a current or former partner and the ages are there as well. So you've got their full names and the ages and that's deliberate to show that this is real and the ages from somewhere sort of from 80 to three months, it touches everywhere and it's not just, you know, it's it's not just something that's um, fictitious. So I think the thing is that I knew then that I was being an ambassador, but I had the opportunity to use my profile to actually give it more of a voice and then for Carly and Jess to use their creative energy. And that's sort of where it started.
0: Sometimes I I feel like I live in eighteen twenty three instead of twenty twenty three. I mean, family violence is still a major issue in this country. The film is obviously timely and relevant, but I know this is a hard question to answer. But but why are we in the twenty first century and still having this part of, part of our society? Look with that, and
3: that's what came about with the the charity Voice of Change after we made the movie, is that the simplicity of it is that. We think it's someone else's problem. We aren't looking at generational trauma. We're not looking at fixing generational trauma. Um, And we're also a lot of people are in denial and don't want to talk about it. Like, you know, we're getting a lot of pushback from people wanting to see the movie because it's like, oh, that's a bit uncomfortable. I don't think I want to talk about that. Um, but the statistics you were saying, one in one in six, you know, the, there is um, statistics of women being abused of one in three. So if you look oh. in your workplace, you, you look at your friendship circle and – it's happening to people. And I was speaking to someone yesterday and they said, oh, yeah, I'm really lucky none of my friends um, are in that situation. And I said, well, how do you know? Do you sit there and talk about it? Because it is, people hide it because it's quite shameful. And we put a lot of shame on the victim and, and having the support as a victim and being victimised when you're coming out and saying you need help. That's the problem in society.
0: Mm. I'd also
2: line... like to stress, sorry, that it's like it doesn't discriminate between like age, sex, race, sexuality, gender, um, education, economic status, like it is it is through all, all areas of society too. So, yeah.
0: The, the tagline for the film, uh, where do you go, who do you turn to when home is where the harm is? Just the premise of that question is is a smack of tragedy and rawness. But what is the answer to that question?
1: Um, I, look, I, I don't think we have the answer. And uh, look, there, there's certainly more professionals that do have that answer. And there are a, a bunch of amazing services, which if you go to Voice of Change website, they can lead you to a lot of those as well. But I think what we were talking about when we asked that question in the film was that even though you think there's, you're extremely close to somebody and, and the character in the film, um, Mary, who is Kitty's sister, she's reaching out to Kitty and she, she's trying to help, but Kitty doesn't really know how to explain it. And there is a lot of shame associated with that. So it's more, I think having the film and the reason we made it was to have conversation about these things and, and reduce a bit of the stigma about it so if we can have conversations about domestic violence and if that's promoted through art then it might make it easier to turn to other people as well so having that question of when home is where the harm is where do you go well we're hoping it can be a number of different places we're hoping it can be other family members you can reach out to friends you can reach out to and you might not be in that situation, but you could reach out to someone as well. And we just think it's a good way of opening that conversation through film, through art, having it as a fictitious story as well. So you aren't feeling distanced from it, that it's like, oh, that's just one person's story. It couldn't happen to me. This can be anyone.
0: Yeah. Will the um, film be triggering for people uh, where, where the theme hits too close to home? Now I do say that with a footnote because just because something is triggering doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I mean, being triggered can also lead to healing and, and hope. But could it be triggering for some people that are actually dealing with this at the moment?
3: There, there's lots of different types of violence. It's just not the physical. So in the movie, mm. there's a lot of coercing control of um, financial abuse, of, um, you know, your space, being able to contact people, you um, and emotional abuse there's there's a whole lot of different um, titles within that. Um, It does trigger and we do have a a trigger warning, but I say to people, it's no different than what you're seeing on Netflix. It's no different than what you're seeing out on the streets. You know um, I think it's because it's shown in a home and it's a a story that is taken from lots of different, um, you know, sort of patterns that are happening. And I think the thing is that's, has been triggering for a few triggering for a few people is watching the movie and not realizing that those things were actually going on in their relationship. And I think that's that's a really important thing to note that it's such a subtle thing that can start happening that people think the physical violence is an abusive relationship when it's all the other little patterns that happen at the same time. So I think it's really thought provoking rather than mm. being very, very triggering
2: we all need to work through our our triggers and our things you know and everyone ha- has has abilities of both capabilities of both sides of the story as well you know there is the the victim and the perpetrator we we are both able to to do both so you
1: know yeah. just pick that there yeah totally and Adding on to that myself as well, I think it's probably just because we're being open about the subject matter. I mean, when, you, when you're seeing it directly on screen, we're not doing anything like obtuse in terms of how we're portraying anything, but it's just we're being open about the conversation, we're being open about the subject matter that, okay, people think, well, now this is triggering. But as Mum said as well, there's nothing on the on screen that you that you're not going to see in almost any other genre of film, but it's just we're being open and we're focusing on this being the subject matter.
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. even watching the 6 pm news and watching tragedies and stuff Completely. overseas. And, mm. um, uh, Eliza Charlie uh, played the main role of Kitty in, in the film. I'm um, obviously a key role to cast. What? Why was Eliza the standout for the role? <laughs>
1: Well, so uh, I think one thing, when you're making a project, having familiarity with some of the key roles is really important. And Eliza and I went to drama school together in 2013, and we had a great rapport and a great acting rapport and a great professional rapport as well. Uh, We'd worked on a few things together. We'd sort of been in the the Australian premiere of the play Good Egg. Um, We'd written some things together. And we'd sort of come to it in mind with her being the lead role. The type of actress Eliza is as well is she is so committed and researched to her role that we knew it was very important that she was always going to do it justice as well. And she caught up with multiple survivors, multiple people who work in the space as well, and sort of taking on those stories of those people and and, and really wanting to do it justice. So it's, I think it's very important as well that she is a very strong presence on screen, um, mm. you know, the, a small little tidbit as well, like a, a, I'm 5'8 and she's 5'10. She is taller and she is like almost a little bit of a bigger physical presence than me as well. And she's quite a strong character. Too. Mm. So, so having that strength of woman on screen I think was very important to us as well, um, not playing into the stereotype that somebody who's going to be susceptible to family violence is just a meek and quiet woman, which isn't the case. And, you know, and can be, is, is not right. But, yeah, she brought a lot of characteristics to the role that was going to give it a lot of depth and and a very, very strong character and strong female presence.
0: Maybe one for for uh, Carly or, or Shayna, another cast member, the, the character of, of Graham. What was the standout for that actor getting that role? <laughs> Nepotism. <laughs>
3: I, think, I think the hairline was a really good one. That oh, was. Uh... No, okay. <laughs>
0: Okay, the, the in-joke there for people listening is Graham is played by Jessica nearly. So. But he, he has been, as he said, he has been to a drama school as well, so there we go. <laughs> All right, so the house where the movie is shot uh, will be somewhat familiar to audiences. Uh, tell me about the background of, of that house and then what ultimately it became. Look, the weird thing
3: is that I've been looking personally at Route. Ralph- Mount Macedon and Kyneton to buy a place, you know, a holiday place for a couple of years. But I was looking at acreage. So I was always just looking at anywhere general. And this house kept popping up all the time. And we had
2: had our. You um, specifically didn't want to do a wrapper up. I didn't want to
3: do a wrapper Yeah. I I forgot that. (laughs) But the thing thing was, like, I was looking at, you know, houses and I said to Jess, look, you know, if you want me to start looking at places, what's the floor plan? What do you see? Cause we still hadn't had the full
1: script. And, and at this um, point, sorry, we were talking about renting a place for a couple of weeks. You know, we weren't, yeah, a, uh. yeah full disclosure. Yeah,
3: full disclosure. <laughs> and so it was going to be about eight months down the track before we were going to film it. So Jess drew the floor plan. Look, I need a long hallway. I need stairs. I need this. And I need something that's, you know, set in the nineties, something that's really sort of a little bit run down. And, um, the way he's describing, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, it's that house. It's that house. So that night, I, I just couldn't find it online. I was trying to find it. And then I reckon it was probably 10 o'clock. I'm just making up the time. But it was late on the Saturday night. And I sent it to Carly and Jess going, um, would this be the house? And Carly and Jess nearly jumped through the text message. And Carly goes, can I go see it? I said, look, you can go see it. It just doesn't matter. Like, you know, we, we can't buy it. We're not going to do it. It's eight months down the road. So that was a Saturday, Carly on the Tuesday. They went, um, I, I'm i going to look at it, went and had a look at it, rang me and said, Mum, we've got to get it. What are we going to do? And I said, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and then when I hung up the phone, I went, well, actually, it's not that expensive and I could flip it and I could, oh, look, I'll have a think about it. I'll speak to the accountant and put an offer in by Friday and all of a sudden they accepted I didn't think they'd accept it and they accepted that night. And I just sat there and I went, I swore. And Carly was with me because we're were Carly and I were up in Sydney with a, um, a party of selling houses and I looked at Carly and I went with the F word, I think I just bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: <my God. laughs>
3: That's how it happened. And then we just thought, oh, you know, but the great thing was, um, not only was it the the setting for the movie, uh, you know, we did a very low budget. Eight people slept in there. We had bunks. We had borrowed mattresses, so we used it as the production office. We had it as um, accommodation, and it ended up being this really great environment to to do a movie because it meant that everybody had to be close and talk. And I don't know about you, calling Jess, but I thought it was you know, considering it was so damn cold, but at the same time, I think it really helped build a great rapport on set.
2: Totally. And then, like, by the time we do Country Home Rescue, like, we actually already felt like it was our home, you know. We, we mm. already had so many memories in there from this production that, not only brought the three of us together in a really unique way, like working together with your family, obviously you go through a lot, but we mm. created this whole other family uh, within the production world, you know, through all of us bringing co- different people that we knew from different worlds in together that, you know, five years down the track, we're all still collaborating and, and hanging out and ta- and in constant contact with each other so so even though the house has been you know the the crux of this like traumatic story
1: for, for the brief of the house being amityville horror it <laughs> came together really nicely and we've made a nice house out of it at the end as well so yeah um it was yeah. it, it was well well received in the end <laughs>
0: All right, so we know about Shana's uh, resume. So let, let's go to um, Carly and Jess. Maybe we'll start with you, uh, Carly. Can you just tell the audience a bit about, you know, your own passions and sort of your career to date before the fort?
2: Well, I've been a bit of a traveller. a bit of, I've, I've kind of tried a few things, yeah. um, you know, but but storytelling's definitely been a main focus of mine since I was in my early 20s and I and I was really getting got into – podcasting really early and and telling radio stories and anytime I read a book or a news article about someone that I found interesting I would just like go research them and, and interview them and and make a story about it and then um that led me to go to New York and I and I lived in New York for a year doing a fellowship about documentary where I met um you know, six Americans and six internationals and the 12 of us lived together for a year and studied documentary and film. And then, yeah, when I came back, I um, have been working as an editor and an assistant editor ever since, just on TV series, commercials, short films, music videos, all that kind of thing. And um, now it's been 10 years. Wow. <laughs>
0: And what was your, like, specific role with uh, the Ford?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I suppose you kind of do a bit of everything when it's like a self-funded film, you know? (laughs) So we were producing, you know, it wasn't our intention to initially direct it you know this was a film where Jess and I wanted to Jess wanted to act in it and I wanted to edit it and so we had thought that we would get a director to come on board but you know we got so far down the line that uh it was kind of like we 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 can't afford to pay anyone to do this and also we don't want to give the creative control to anyone else either so then we went to the editing suite, and uh, yeah, that was. And then, and then I cut the film. So, yeah, <laughs>
0: bit of everything—everything everything from directing to editing to probably caterer as well, and account accountant. And what about you, Jess? Um, what's been sort of your passions and and sort of career before the Ford?
1: Yeah, so before the fort, uh, I was sort of focusing on acting. Uh, so in 2013, I studied through NIDA Open, which is their one-year course in Melbourne, and sort of I'd gotten into that after sort of chasing a few other, you know, dreams. I'd always loved performing growing up, and always really wanted to do drama and acting, but to sort of focus on sport and academics, probably think the things that you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sort of after university, where I sort of I deferred, I didn't wasn't really grabbing me. I ended up doing outdoor recreation to be like, look, I love you know physical activity and being outdoors, but I just I just couldn't get grabbed by it, and sort of you know always kept coming back to look. I want to act, I love it, and Mum really pushed me. And while I was overseas traveling myself, finding yourself as you do in your early twenties, as so many mm-hmm. Australians are used to, Mum and I were talking about it, and she actually sent me the the audition link for uh for for that course and signed up for it and auditioned I think maybe two weeks after I got back from overseas, got in and sort of that's what I wanted to chase. So look, I think like any, uh, a- any creative in Australia will tell you that you really need to create your own work to, to mm. get any work really un- unless you're extremely fortunate. So I, you know, I'd been writing a lot and, and that kind of thing in between acting and hadn't, you know, gotten that break. Fingers crossed this is, um, so, yeah, sort of coming into that had sort of right was writing and acting. and then yeah. yeah, co-directing with Carly was it was actually a really nice, I think, revelation for both of us, really realizing how much we actually enjoy and love directing. and and the, and the certain parts of us of both of us as well that were our strengths were the other the other person's probably not not as strong. and we, and we were really able to go hand in hand that, okay, Carly's fantastic at that. I'm gonna let her run that. And I can then learn that for me on my next directing gig. If that happens, then I'm going to use what Carly's done there to, to uplift me. And I think it really gave us a lot more sort of drive, and, and didn't allow us to go off the rails either for for first time debut uh, debut directors to not get sidetracked because the other person would always pull us back onto the onto the tracks, which which was really nice. So yeah, and then from from now on, yeah, just uh, I don't know, we'll try and make some more films. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because and, uh, I absolutely love pre-production but being on set I actually find a little bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my. laughs> about I just thrives. I so love it on set. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and I that just whispered and I, I don't know what, yeah it was, it was cute. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It works well it doesn't it though, strengths and weaknesses. So everything gets yeah. done and, and, and uh and and Shana, that obviously a big project. What was your day-to-day job like with, with the fort?
3: Well, I was sort of letting the kids sort of take the the kids, they're adults, <laughs> but my kids. I was letting them take the, the lead, directors
1: so. of the film. I'm sorry, <laughs> the directors. Well, we were helping
3: with like the the production. So sort of, you know, part of like running a a building site is that you do production as well. So we were sort of supporting whatever um, they needed for that Um, because I was filming selling houses a lot of the time. So as they were filming, I was coming in where I could. We were working on the set design, even though we had the house, we had to buy all the furniture, loan the furniture. So I had to put together that whole thing. So there was a whole team of us doing that. And then... um, continuity on site. Was um, on some filming. That was yeah. That was probably my most stressful part. Is like you know I was so focused on the continuity because one thing I hate is watching a movie or a show and I just focus on hang on wasn't that meant to be there? Wasn't that meant to be there? So that was that was fun but stressful at the same time. And then um, I've really been part of the post part of um, getting the film out there, trying to get distribution, um, making contacts, sort of doing that next part of it. So really creating the film was Carly and Jess's role. Mine was sort of more the before and after.
0: Natural uh,
1: Born Hustler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe the fault will make it into this, this website um called Movie Mistakes or whatever, and it has those little... Please continu- don't. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> continuity type things in it, and it's in all movies, like even like Star Wars and 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 things like that, yeah. where you think they've done so well, but they they say you know if you look at this scene, there's a mirror, and you can actually see the camera guy, and you think, yeah. wow, in a movie like you know Star Wars or the Terminator or something like that. So, yeah, we'll see how we go with that. Um, well, hopefully, people watch it enough to be able
1: to pick up those mistakes. Watch it as many times as you can, guys. I, I think my them.
0: biggest one though my
3: biggest one is game of thrones with the the coffee cup oh it yes. was like a takeaway coffee cup oh my god and was it three uh it was like um three men and a baby there was like an extra that i oh, sorry one of the um crew that couldn't get out in time is actually behind the, the curtains so you see this body and they were talking about all this time <laughs> it was a ghost it was just one of the crew got caught there as they were
0: filming <laughs> <laughs> I shana with the interior designing stuff like with with the uh movie is it exactly the same with a film comparing to do you know um home interior designing or is the premise or the principle the same or is it completely different
3: no, it's very different. It, it's more, it, it is a staged photo shoot. You, you've got to consider the, the description, the action. So you are doing it around the actions. Carly ingested this treatment. It was mainly Carly that this is the look, this is the feel. So they put that book together with all the colours and everything like that. And then I had my brief and then went from there. And um, really it, it's working from the script back you don't start with the interior and then you start working out what are the props you need what are the actions of you know do we need cups for this do we need you know certain um types of things and then we had the timeline of the you know Mm -hmm. set in the 1990s and the fact that they hadn't had money to renovate it so a lot of the stuff was from his parents, and so there was all that part of it. So it was actually so much fun. And the person, Sheena, who was um, doing all the buying for us and the sourcing, she just had so much fun. Like I'd be out on set somewhere and she'd be sending me text messages. What about this couch? What about that lamp? What about this? What about that? (laughs) And so she was going to shop to shop. We were calling friends. Um, So that part of it is very much doing a photo shoot, um, but it's completely different from doing a home interior.
0: You guys have actually touched on this at the start of the podcast, but, you know, you've worked together um, on Country Home Rescue and The Fort and I'm sure other projects. Um, living together as a family is hard enough work for most people. Um, living and working is another thing. Um, you all seem strong-minded and passionate in your own right. Um, <laughs> were, were there difficult moments making a film together where the theme is so powerful and each of you have, like, so much passion for the subject and, and getting this film right? Or were there clashes? Oh well, Are I mean, we... the cl- I was going to say the clashes were about weren't anything about the film; they're
1: about everything else.
2: So I think that that,
1: that was, <laughs> that and was the one still constant.
2: Going on, Aaron.
3: Oh, they're, they're still
1: happening. They're still happening. Yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah, it, I think,
3: yeah, on set it wasn't. We, we we kept ourselves in check on the set. It was when real no, life I was do... happening.
1: <laughs> I do
3: want
2: to say no, 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 no. I do think I do think uh, the first day. Jess and I definitely we had this explosive moment where I think we could have just gone straight into like brother and sister mode where you just like you forget everyone else is around you and and you know you don't hold back and, and I think we mm-hmm. both sort of went to launch into that and then we realized our place and he <laughs> was around and the content we were making and it was almost like we yeah, our eyes just said it and we were like both took a deep breath, and and I really think for those three weeks that was the only moment that that happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it happened it, it happened on day one, and it kind of set the tone for like, all right, mm-hmm. what we're making is bigger than what our disagreement is, and our disagreement was a, a, a thing like something that was happening in the film or or how to do something for this shot. It was an ego thing. Um, <laughs> <But you're> us <laughs> having an ego, never, Carly. I don't believe you. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, and then th- the good thing about that was we actually talked about that afterwards. We're like, look, okay, you were right about this. You, were, I was right about that. Let's go forward with that. And if we have that disagreement again, talk about it like this. And it, it was actually good that it probably happened on day one because it meant mm-hmm. we knew we didn't want to get back to that place and we could uh, set the tone for the rest of the film.
0: All right. So I just sort of asked what was coming up next for, for you guys. Um, do you have a, a next project, Jess, coming up or what's what's after after the fort?
1: Uh, look, still writing specs, groups, still writing treatments and that kind of thing. I, I think we're uh, holding off making anything until until we get a bit of backing because it, it's it's taken such a big effort from everybody to get to this point. Um, yeah, you know, I'm working as a sound recordist as well to to support my family and me. Um, but yeah, look, I'm I'm open for jobs as well. If anybody sees the fort and <laughs> they think. Hey, you need a bald actor. That's me. So,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like you, Look, you've got to, I've learned this from you, mum, you've got to hustle. Every opportunity, hustle.
0: you've got to hustle. So. <laughs> all <about the> hustle. <laughs> and what about you, Carly?
2: And for me, I'm all edit. I work for a post-production company called R. We do, like, advertising, uh, film, TV series We're across Melbourne, Sydney. We have editors in London, L.A., Tokyo um and my main role is the senior assistant editor there and and I edit as well um that's I I love it that's my passion that's that's my main focus um and so yeah just collaborating with directors on on all different forms of you know storytelling
0: And uh, Shana, I'm sure there's 27 things that you're probably doing at once, but lots of work uh, with your business and obviously the block coming up.
3: Yeah, well, we're over halfway on the block at the moment. Um, I do have an online project I'm working on at the moment. I haven't been able to really get it up and running because we're working so hard on the charity and The charity Voice of Change and for the um, movie. Uh, But, you know, I'm I'm sort of going a little bit quiet. So the kids will start getting a bit scared because I have a bit too much time on my hands and I'm already thinking, (laughs) oh, what can I do? What can I do? So there'll be, there's a few little projects going in my head that I will not say out loud because I don't think the kids will ever speak to me again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Idle time is very dangerous for mum. I'll say that.
0: (laughs) Well, if you want to come over to Perth, I've got a beautiful five bedroom house that overlooks all of Perth and the city and stuff that could do with a bit of a zhuzhing. So we could uh, do something there <laughs> if you get bored. Has, has there been um, any talks of a second season of Country Home Rescue now? Obviously, the premise of the first season means that you're kind of limited to one season, but you could do some sort of spin off where you help another family move to the country and do up an old property. Is there any talks at all, or is that just one it's season tough. kind of?
3: No, there's there's talks of projects, but you know it is it is money and it's um time schedules and things like that. But yeah, we're talking about something which, fingers crossed, you know, could get up and running.
0: Nice. Um, I guess everyone wants to know, uh, obviously, how how the house is going now. Um, you know, from Country Home Rescue, your 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 own house now is it filled with wonderful new memories? Has anything changed from what we saw in the final episode?
3: Oh, it is. I wouldn't change a thing. It's absolutely mm. beautiful. Um, we've made so many beautiful memories. We've had a, had a couple of Christmases there. I think my favorite memory so far was when we had Mother's Day last year, and in the parlor we had, you know, uh, we had to have a, a morning tea because Jess had to go to work, and Carly made waffles and scones, and we sat in there, and there was, you know. Emma and Olive and Jess and I, we pretended that we were in um, France somewhere in Versailles and um, we had high tea in the parlour and then Carly and I read stories to each other. It was effing amazing.
0: <laughs> and still driving yeah. the neighbours neighbors mad with the bell? No, the bell. I I still.
1: It's it's amazing. Every every time you take somebody up up around there, uh, you've got somebody over a tour. Everyone has to ring the bell. They got to do it. But you just look around. You make sure what time is it. You close all the louvers up there, and you're like, just do a light one. Just a light one. You know, <laughs> can't remember can't remind everybody we're up there every single week. <laughs>
0: All right, and, and finally, um, back to the fort. Um, I mean, people will be asking, obviously, where can I see it? Where's the screening? Um, it, so what are the details if, You know, if people want to see uh, the fort?
3: Well, we're doing a distribution through Fanforce, and it's like a community sort of screening. So at the moment we've got one um, coming up in Perth, which is in, let me have a look, on the 31st of May. We have a screening, we have two screening in um Canberra and Queensland. They've had to be postponed, but they're coming, so that'll change soon. We've got one coming up in uh, Como in Victoria on the 25th of May. We've got one in Noosa on the 5th of June. And we've got got South Australia on the 7th of June, and we've got Paddington on the 13th of June. So those ones are set. But the great thing about this is anyone can go online to this FanForce page and they can make their own screening. And it means that they just book a day and a time that suits them, they get all their friends and they all register to buy a ticket. If you heard a tipping point, which say if it's a cinema that holds 80, if you get 40 tickets sold, the screening goes ahead. So it doesn't cost anyone anything to set up a screening. Mm. But as we were saying earlier, that this is the movie – about conversation it's about making sure that you watch the movie get the conversation going with your friends to the next people the next people so it's really good to invite people to saying look this is a conversation this is something to talk further about so we want to create that movement on the ground about people communicating and taking taboo out of family and domestic violence
0: absolutely well, I can't wait to see it. I'll be at the Perth screening on the 31st of May. It should be a great night. Um, Thank you all for your, your passion and for shining a light on, on a subject matter that is that is disturbing but so important to address. Um, As a society and through films like this, it's an absolute opportunity to break down that stigma of shame associated with family violence because then people are more likely and able to step forward and get help. You guys are legends. Beautiful family. Well done with The Fort. And uh, thank you for joining me. Thanks thank you so, so much, much Aaron.
2: Aaron. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. That was uh, Shayna Blaze, Jess Keneally and Carly Keneally from the movie The Fort. You can go to fanforce.com films slash The Fort. Now, fanforce is fan-force.com uh, films slash The Fort. Um, so you can get details uh, for tickets and screenings. Um, and also you can head to voiceofchangeau.org. That's voiceofchangeau.org. And for information just about the movie and all the news about it, trailers and stuff, head to thefortmovie.com. That's thefortmovie.com. That's it for this podcast. After all the latest news, streaming info, ratings, television guides, and podcasts, head to tvcentral.com.au. Until next time, I'm Aaron Ryan. Thanks to the beautiful family of Shana, Jess, and Carly. Bye for now.